So we have a panel tonight uh, consisting of one youth pastor, one superintendent, and one student. And you can guess who's who in that. Um, so I guess if you could give us, let's start with, uh, if you could give us your name and which one of those three you are. I will start. So this is going to be riveting, but I am the student and my name is Carson Klaus and I'm a senior at Denison High School. Okay. My name's Kayla and I'm the youth pastor here, if you haven't guessed that already. Y'all, this happens every time. My one job is to make sure that all mics are on, and it's me every time. So there you go. That's me. So by process of elimination, I would be the superintendent of Sherman ISD. <laughs> I, I was uh, a, a little bit bummed. I was told first that I was going to be preaching tonight. So <laughs> I have to apologize to my mom, but I'm going to tell her to take that up with Austin. Uh, then I find out I'm on a panel and with a Denison yellow jacket. So that's pretty upsetting too. So I don't know who's playing the joke on me. I, I figured that joke would come out at some point tonight. Yeah, I didn't realize it would be it. in the introduction. Right. So I was not going to make it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes, she's so sweet. Hey, so, like, so we like wanted to people. talk about uh, student ministry tonight, and we wanted to do it with a variety of perspectives. So from students, from people in ministry, as well as from uh, people in, in administration at schools, as well as the parents' perspectives. So uh, we're going to throw a few questions out there. And since there are kids in the room, there's going to be noise, there's going to be distraction, uh, but I think it's worth it, okay? Uh, so, so they bring the, the life and the energy. We're going to start with, Kayla, can you share some wins from student ministry this year? Yeah. Um, so number one, uh, I just want to shout out Kids Jubilee. So who, which, who of the kids went to Kids Jubilee? Okay, it was epic. I was just like, man, for two seconds, I was like, maybe I should go to Kids, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But it was awesome. Kids Jubilee was incredible. I've heard um, awesome stories about just Holy Spirit uh, showing up and them operating with Holy Spirit, so that's super cool. Um, another win is this summer, we had camp for the first time in two years. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge win. And not only that, our youth camp, uh, we had two weeks of kids camp and one week of youth camp. And we actually had such a long waiting list that we're going to do two weeks of youth camp next year, which is really incredible. And so I have a couple numbers too, a couple of number wins that I want to share. And this is youth and kids combined. Um, and some of this is for the entire year, but honestly, some, most of it is just from this summer. Um, so this year, we've had 25 water baptisms of students. Yes. We've had 75 filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We had 26 receive their prayer language, which is awesome. 93 salvations. Incredible. Um, I also got the opportunity to um, speak at FCA in Denison Middle School, and we were able to give almost 100 Bibles to any student who wanted Bibles, which is really cool. 
Um, another win is we've also, um, our youth team is a part of a mentor program with the Sherman Alternative Schools. So we go in and get to mentor students there. Um, and then another win too is we have um, an incredible youth worship team that got to lead tonight and I love that. I love that so much. And then one more, I really have um, a long list of really awesome stories, especially um, with kids. But uh, another huge win that I've got to witness in our kids is we've had two kids dwelling places this um, summer. And I have heard that it was just some of the like most incredible experience ever. So if you um, are a kid and you went to kids dwelling place, invite your friends next time, or maybe you didn't get to go and go next time because I really could, I could go on and on about um, just the really cool stories and healings and encounters with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's been a good year. It's been a really good year. Yeah. That's awesome. One of, the, one of the core values of our church is generational. And I remember 16 plus years ago, whenever I, I came here for the first time, it was, it was obvious to me that that was the case because... Uh, the first service I attended, I saw a, a huge age range on the stage leading worship together. And that was something that, that stood out to me. It, it wasn't something that I was, I was used to. And this is one of the, because of that value is, is one of the reasons why we're doing this tonight. Um, because student ministry isn't something that just happens in the back uh, on Wednesday nights and kids ministry on Sunday mornings. This is something that as a church, whether it's with our children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews, um, this is something that uh, the Lord has a heart for children. And so regardless of what that looks like practically in our lives, uh, as He is, so are we in this world. And so we need to walk out that same kind of heart. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on um, what are some of the biggest challenges you think that students are facing today? This is a question for the whole panel. Oh, I always have to defer to the ladies, so go ahead. I thought he was going to volunteer to answer the question, but I will if he won't. Um, Well, no, no, no. That was not at all the yellow jacket in her. It's the yellow jacket in her. I did not mean that to be a shady thing. There is going to be no shade from me while I am on the stage of church, okay? Um, But... (laughs) To get into that question of what I think is one of the biggest challenges for students today, now this is really what I think is an internal challenge, and I think it comes from living in a world that really praises the self. If you look around, we we hear a lot of mantras like live your own truth, um, you know, like find who you are, be who you are, be yourself. And at first, those messages might even seem to come across as positive, and I know that I've come across them in my own school and in my friendships, and really, I just don't think that that's the call of Christ. And even if, even if those messages seem positive, they're, they're not biblical and they're not godly. So I think kids growing up, I, I mentioned that I'm a senior, so I think that my being a senior going into a new phase of life has definitely um, informed my response to this question. 
But I'm walking in a lot of independence that I haven't had before. And, and soon I might be living across the country. I don't know what I'll be doing, but likely I'll be a lot more independent than I was in my childhood. And that's something that a lot of students are walking through is that journey of gaining independence. And so I think there's a really inherent tension between gaining independence and gaining a knowledge of your identity, even that identity being in Christ, while also being self-dependent and like self-reliant on God. Um, so I would say that that's one of the biggest challenges that students face today is, is really growing up and still growing to be reliant on God. I'll go next. So one of the, um, I'm like reading the questions to make sure. I'm like, I have to read things like four times before I actually can process them uh, properly. But one of the biggest challenges that I believe that our young people face is, this is uh, the generation that we're leading is the first generation to be completely raised um, in a world of technology. And so in many ways, um, our young people are being raised with social media um, or, you know, any type of media. Um, And so I think that has like it has its own challenges, right? Um, And so I think that, um, man, I really, I could really go on and on about um, that. I mean, our students just get exposed to things a lot sooner these days. And so I think um, that there is a battle that we as parents, as leaders, as educators um, are in with our students, but it's definitely something that um, can can be used for good. It's just kind of our role to show what a world with technology is like um, and how to uh, live um, Christ-like in that world. So... Awesome. So I was hoping that you guys would have one-word answers that I would monopolize the rest of the conversation, but clearly not. And then I come up here and I sit down and I look around here and we have like written out notes and everything. So I'm realizing now I'm totally unprepared. So I'm just <laughs> makes me even more nervous. So uh, no, I, uh, you know, challenges, and I'll tell you first before I talk, uh, anything you hear me say is the same thing I'm telling are over 1,200 staff members in Sherman ISD. We have over 7,800 kids in our district. Um, I talk uh, routinely through different uh, venues, whether it's in person at convocation or over videos to our staff. And so what you hear me say is what I'm telling our staff members and what I talk about to groups on a daily basis. And so I will tell you, a lot of the vision that we have for our school district, and I've, I've been superintendent since April, May, and been in the district for going on 17 years now. Uh, families lived in this uh, school district for over 80 years. And so I'm super blessed to be here. And I'll tell you first that uh, I want to first say that uh, I'm really blessed because of my beautiful wife. And I'll go ahead and tell her to stand up because you're just gorgeous. I'm pretty, yes. <clears throat> I'm fairly confident that the only reason God blesses me is to get to her. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang around as long as I can. So I will tell you that uh, a lot of the vision we have for the school district that I've been talking about to our staff and our kids over the last uh, three months uh, has to do with identification. I think one of the big, biggest uh, issues that we have amongst our kids is identification. You already heard some uh, Kayla talk about social media. Um, I'll tell you, our kids are being identified in so many different ways. They're being identified by either uh, challenging 
home life, uh, their past educational history of their, their family, uh, whatever kind of situations that they have at home that may be not so positive, whether they're involved with a, a friend group that's not so positive. Um, obviously, social media. I mean, if you think about social media, there's, there's I'm no statistician, but I'm going to throw out some numbers here just to try to impress you. There's 4 billion people on social media. Okay, think about that. First of all, uh, how, I would ask Austin, because I'd love to put him on the spot here, uh, but I'll answer the question. This is going to be a rhetorical question for you, Austin. That means don't say anything. Uh, so the, how, many, how many people do we have in this world? Austin would say 8 billion. So 4 billion people on social media, we have 8 billion people in the world. All right, now think about this. 2 billion of those uh, folks uh, are children that we would expect not to have cell phones. And so you're already knocking out 2 billion. All right, another demographic is 65 and over. That's about a billion people, 65 and over. And statistics say that they're really not on social media as much. And I'm just saying, statistics say, so don't get mad at me if you're over 65 and you're on social media all the time. So now we've knocked out 3 billion of those. Now, another billion is in third world countries that they have no internet connectivity. So do the math on that. The math on that would be, Four billion. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, amen. So I said, everybody is on social media. So if somebody says, I don't get on social media, you hear that so much. You can just say, you're lying. I've already heard the statistics. Four billion on social media and nobody else, you know, all the kids and everybody else are not. So that is truly an identifying factor of what they experience on social media as well. And, and I'm telling you that they get their identification. Kids are getting their identification in so many different ways that are not so positive ways. So what I'm saying within our school district is we're working. We've actually started a campaign and answering the question, what does it mean to be a Sherman Bearcat? And I say, I know what I believe. Our kids are hardworking. Our kids are service-oriented. Our kids are intelligent. Our kids are respectful. That's what I believe. And I say, what do you believe? So we've gone on a campaign and we have so many different folks answering that question, what does it mean to be a Sherman Bearcat? I wanna build this. We will be building what it means throughout our school district to be a Sherman Bearcat. And it'll be all the qualities and values that we expect to see in our kids because there's gonna come a time. And I, and I say this because... Uh, you know, with our, my kids growing up, I have three daughters, three uh, awesome daughters. One of them is here tonight. And so uh, we, we actually took a class called Growing Kids God's Way. Anybody took a class called Growing Kids God's Way? I hear some hooting and hollering. I think we took that class from y'all, didn't we? And so... So anyway, there was a part of the class that was about identification and identifying your kids through your family and uh, identifying the kids as in our situation, our girls are Bennett girls. This is what we expect of Bennett girls. And we did that. So we would, we would identify them in a ways that were the ways that we want to see them uh, growing up. And they even knew whenever they did something that wasn't so good, whether they were backsassing their mama, though they never did. I always hate it when my kids and wife are in the audience here because I tell so many stories about them that it's hard to do it. I, you know, they're usually not there and I can tell all kinds of stories about them. So we then immediately say to them, you know what? Bennett girls don't do that. So I'm saying, I'm doing the same things as I'm telling you. What I say now here tonight is what I say in our school district to our 7,800 kids and to our 1,250 staff members. I say that there will come a time that as we build this identification of what it means to be a Sherman Bearcat, we will be able to say to our kids, when we see something that's not so positive, we say, wait a minute, it's not what Sherman Bearcats do. Sherman Bearcats are responsible, hardworking. They're kind to others. We gotta identify our kids. And so what I tell you is, that's one of the biggest challenges is that our kids are identified in so many ways that aren't so positive. We need to take control of that and we need to identify our kids in positive ways. Yes. Yes.
And I think that that goes back to, Carson, what you were saying earlier is this self-saturated world and that being one of the issues is uh, people eventually come to the real, realization that uh, an identity that you build by yourself for yourself is, is not enough to sustain you through the storms of life. Um, and that's one of the, the beautiful things that the faith, the Christian faith offers is this identity that's not created by yourself nor curated by yourself, uh, but it's an identity that you receive uh, in the identity of Christ um, because they're looking for other places and other outlets uh, to uh, have that sense of identification, whether that's social media or other places. Great responses. Um, Carson, so for you as a student, um, why is being involved in a local church uh, so important to you? What's the impact that it's made in your life? For sure. So first of all, I want to say that I think the very base reasons why being involved in a local church is important to me are the same reasons why being involved in a local church is important to you. Even though we're separated by age, uh, we all need this corporate gathering. And I just want to thank you all for being here tonight because here we are all together, all under one name. Yeah, and that, that's really a beautiful thing. And I'm also thankful to God that we're even able to assemble like this because this really truly is amazing. And to, to get into that of, of why church has been so important for me, um, Dr. Bennett joked earlier that people have written notes up here. And the reason why I always have written notes with me is because I one time had a youth pastor who, who recommended that. He said that note takers are history makers. And so, yeah. Um, ever since that, I, I carry my notebook on stage with me. My, if I'm at church, my notebook is in hand. And that, that's a small thing, and that's a tidbit of advice that I'd give too, but that just goes to show, I think, the influence that the people you're meeting at church have on you. And uh, all, another thing about me is, and this goes along with what I've just said about this, the influence of the church, is I am huge on being countercultural. Um, I go to a public school, and I'm, as, as I'm looking at you, a lot of you guys in the audience, I'm assuming that most of you aren't in a public high school right now. So uh, you might not understand that the culture of public high schools and whether you have... I think that was the nice way of saying that you look too old to be in, in high school. That was, that was very well said, by the way, Carson. That was, that was very smooth. Thank you, Pastor Austin. Um, but the society that, that I'm involved in at school, which to go back to what I was saying earlier about and what Pastor Austin mentioned about we're just existing in a self-saturated culture. And I really think that the church is so opposed to that self-saturation. Um, really, when I, think, when I think of community, I can think of no place that I've been able, able to exercise that, that muscle of community as I have here. When, when I think about serving others, when I think about loving others, when I think about being loved by others, my mind doesn't go to necessarily to the people I'm meeting at school, even though I want to bring the church and bring the values of the church to that school. I know that these values are protected here. So I know in my life, um, I know that church has provided, provided the, the stimulus to, to love as Jesus did and to, to live a life oriented around others, to live a life oriented around Christ. And I really don't think that's um, really, that's not the resonating message of the world. So that's why church is important to me is because it educates me to, to go against um, the tides of culture. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful response. I, I love, one of the, the things I love about the church is it's so easy to identify when you're out and about uh, when it's a church group. Um, hopefully not because they don't tip well. Um, but 
But because you look at this group of people and you go, they have no other reason to hang out with people that different from them, you know? Uh, you can see these groups of people and go, okay, they all look about the same. It makes sense that they would be in a group together. Uh, but then when you go out and you see a, a group so eclectic and different, it's like they have to be with, like they have to be with church because there's no other thing that could bring that diverse of a group together besides uh, besides Jesus. Uh, so I love that that response. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, so this is a, a question for the whole panel. What do you guys think are some of the most common misconceptions? that we have about uh, students today? I can go. <laughs> so very similar to what Dr. Bennett was saying is there's so much I feel like that is said out there um, just about young people. Um, we, Pastor Landon and I predominantly serve Gen Z and now Gen Alpha, weird that it was so strange to say. Um, and I know that I um, have read lots of books, watched lots of YouTube videos, blogs, whatever, about um, this generation that I'm serving. And uh, a lot of things that I was feeling like I was reading and hearing were um, not what I have personally experienced within this generation. Um, because I do believe, so I don't really know what my one single answer is other than I think that there's many things that, um, that we can label this generation. But what I do know for sure and what I've witnessed within our, within our students is that this generation is one of the most creative, thoughtful, hungry generations. Um, and again, like what I was saying earlier is like we were raised because I'm Gen Z weird, also weird. Um, but Pastor Land is a millennial. We learned that today. We figured out what generation we were part of. Um, but we, we, again, this generation was just raised in a technology world. And I think that there are some things that have been said against our generation. And I love that who, like, who are we as Sherman Bearcats? And it's like, we are hard workers. These students are hard workers. These students are hungry for the supernatural, um, are hungry for their identity and to know their purpose. And so I really think that there's probably, there's not like one good solid answer, um, to that, so I don't really know if I'm gonna be able to answer it properly with one word or anything like that, but I think what um, Dr. Bennett was saying was super true, that there's just a lot of things that are already said, and so how can we change uh, that narrative on this generation, these generations, so. Um, this isn't necessarily a direct answer to what misconceptions there are um, about students, but I do want to encourage, uh, because there are these negative misconceptions, and I really want to encourage you not to contribute to those negative misconceptions, because I'm sure it's really easy to look at students, to look at teenagers, and I know all of the negative stereotypes that, that we're lazy and that we're rude and that we're disrespectful, so I suppose those are some misconceptions, because there's a lot of the sweeping generalizations put on us. So I really want to encourage everyone in the audience not to contribute to those uh, negative stereotypes, and to, to encourage us, to instill in us a hope, to, to speak life over us, because 
I can assure you, I'm, I'm a 17 year old. I know that I should be a, a rude teenage girl, but I really don't think I'm one of those things, even though that's, that's sometimes what society will portray me to be. I'm not one of those things. And I really am sold out on Jesus. And there's plenty of people in this younger generation that are too. So do your part in encouraging us to stay that way. So I'd, I'd say that uh, common misconception would be that everybody's like you. Uh, I think that's one thing that I've realized throughout my career in education, that not everybody's like you, and that's something that really limits our impact in working within our community, within our schools. Um, I say this quite often, and in fact, I was talking to a group today and, and saying this very thing, that, you know, we drive by up and down these roads every day. We drive by schools every day. We think we know who's in there, and we really don't know. Uh, even within our, our school district, there's... Uh, you know, we have families that face tremendous challenges. Just even here in Sherman, I think folks drive up and down 75 if they can drive up and down 75, when they can again drive up and down 75. So they, they do, and, and they have a perception of affluence. They see a lot of commerce. They see a lot of businesses. Uh, you know, we hear about TI coming here and $30 billion added to our, our, our tax base in Globotech, and we're basically becoming the chip capital of the world here. Uh, truly. And so they think affluence. What they don't realize is within our schools, 75% of our kids uh, uh, match the below the line of poverty here within our, our school district. Uh, they're low socioeconomic. They, they qualify that for that. Also, we have 34 different languages spoken in our school district. Did you know that? Let that sink in. But challenges of second language learners bring so many different challenges within the home life. Um, we, we serve uh, nearly 18% of our population are served by special education services. We have students in autism. We have students in medically fragile situations. We have students uh, who are in life skills situation transitioning from uh, the school life to a, a, a career life. We have so many different challenges that our kids face on a daily basis. And truly, we serve, and this is one thing, our educators daily serve all comers. Uh, we're not selective about who walks through our doors. Uh, we serve and educate, endeavor to educate and meet the challenges and the needs of all of our students that come through our, our doors. And so I, I say quite often that this is, this is truly a ministry. I hear so many stories of our teachers doing some amazing things. And it's, it's not all, even though there's kind of a push right now, that school should only address reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> I'm telling you. You can't do that in the challenges we face on a daily basis. Uh, teachers are addressing issues uh, within the kids' lives and families' lives that are more than that. Uh, and I'll tell you just one, one here is that uh, so many teachers are the first line of defense against child abuse. Uh, we have many different family, we have many different kids coming to us every day. The only other individual they see outside that home is their teacher. So if they're in a situation of child abuse, the teacher is the only one that would recognize that. And so it is, it is truly they are serving a ministry. Uh, pray for them. And I'll talk a little bit more about uh, our Stand in the Gap project and, and the call to prayer. You um, want to go ahead and do that now? Uh, sure, I will. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so that, it's one thing that I said, uh, you know, this, a part of our vision for our school district is our Stand in the Gap vision. And, and what I've simply said is from my position as superintendent for Sherman ISD, I've just simply said, we need you to pray for us. It's just amazing that's what happened over the last few months. And I've said, just put the call out there. I'm just asking you to pray. I, folks come to me and say, 
how can you say that? Uh, or, or, is that okay for you to say that? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, have I done something wrong? I'm about to be fired. I've only done this job for a couple of months. And so uh, I'm thinking, you know, what have I said that's wrong? I'm just asking you to pray. Uh, I'm just asking you to, to pray for wisdom for our teachers. Pray for patience for our teachers. Pray for safety for our kids and our staff. You know, pray for... Uh, Pray for prosperous days that we would have. I give, I, I tell folks what to pray for. And, uh, and, and it's just, uh, you know, I'm hoping it really takes hold. We have an amazing church congregations here within our community and folks that really just come together and want to pray. We've seen uh, for the two years in a row, this is the second year that we've had our community come out at the municipal grounds near Bearcat Stadium and come together just to pray for schools before the beginning, the first day of school. And so it's truly probably doubled to tripled in size from the first year that they started this. And uh, we're so fortunate and so blessed to be within the community, uh, having church congregations that care about their schools and care about uh, their kids in our schools. And so I would say this to you, if you're, if you're interested in learning more, uh, go on Sherman ISD either. I'm, I'm sitting here saying that, you know, preaching against uh, social media, and I'm telling you, go on YouTube. Go on Facebook. So do that, but only go to Sherman ISD Facebook. Only go to Sherman ISD YouTube. And so check out some of our videos. You're going to see. I think someone uh, at Jubilee said, when the water in the harbor rises, all ships rise. So Exactly. Yeah. So whether it's Sherman, anywhere else, we want the water to rise everywhere. Exactly. Well, check out, go to our, our, our YouTube channel. Check out our videos about our vision. You'll be able to find the one on Standing in the Gap. Uh, spread it, spread the word, uh, because we truly need prayer. And I'm asking you, just like I ask everybody else, pray for us. I love it. I think one of the important things about having a discussion around the misconceptions is because some of these misconceptions will act as barriers for you to getting engaged and involved. Uh, with student ministry. Again, whether that looks like serving here at the church or whether that looks like uh, getting involved in the schools that your, your kids or grandkids attend or just getting involved in your, your kids and grandkids, nieces and nephews' lives. Uh, these misconceptions of, well, they, don't want, they wouldn't listen to me, uh, we're too different, all of these different things. There, there are a lot of differences between... Uh, students today and students 30 years ago, but there are also a lot of similarities. Uh, and so I think uh, something that's stayed consistent is that uh, students spell love, T-I-M-E, spells time, in case you didn't catch that. Um, and so just devoting the time and attention, within, like spending intentional time uh, pouring into the next generation, I think is hugely important. And I know that um, everyone on this panel is is passionate about that. So uh, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit. But Pastor Kayla, if if someone uh, is interested in getting involved in student ministry here, what would be some next actions that they could take? Okay, cool. So I made it super simple for you, and we have a QR code behind us. If you would like to serve um, in either kids or youth, um, you can scan that. QR code. Um, or honestly, if you're just curious about it, if you want to know more about it, what that looks like, um, you can always, like we are, me and Pastor Landon are very approachable, uh, or at least we try to be, maybe, I guess, 
Depends on how early you have to, I'm just kidding, on how early I have to be here on Sunday. I'm, I'm joking. But I would love to answer any questions. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I know. <laughs> I've seen her. <laughs> but anyways, come find us. Or you can go to uh, students at vl.church. Um, you can shoot us an email there and one of us will get with you. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, this has been awesome. But before we leave, okay, we have a, a little fun lightning round of questions here. Questions that were submitted by children, okay? So questions that were submitted by children, and they have no idea what the questions are. So this is going to be awesome, okay? We're going to start off easy. So just again, each one's going to answer lightning round. Uh, First question, dogs or cats? Dogs. 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 Okay, weirdest food combination that you enjoy? Honey on everything. I really like mustard and mayonnaise together. I don't think that's weird, but I like it. Oh man, this is a tough question. I don't eat weird things. Um, so, okay, one time my mom had me try pickles and peanut butter sandwich. It was pretty good. I, I haven't eaten it since I've been an adult though. That is weird. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. If you could change your first name to anything, what would it be? Fa- Fabio. Fabio, let's go. (laughs) These are good questions. Carson, you go. (laughs) Camille. That's the name of the book I'm reading right now. Oh my goodness. I don't know. What? Diva. Dina said diva. Maybe. That could be fitting. (laughs) Uh, Would you shave your head for $10,000? In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I would. What dollar amount would you be willing to shave your head for? What dollar what, amount would yeah. you shave your head for? 10000 <laughs> What's the minimum amount of money that you would be willing to, to shave your head for? A thousand bucks. Wow. Any Do takers? We got any takers? Any takers? Yeah. <laughs> this has turned into a fundraiser. I'd be able to get for this done. This I think it would have to be 10000 for me. <laughs> That's really pushing it. <laughs> However much a good wig costs. There you go. There you go. Uh, What would you do if your pet suddenly started talking? I would probably ask them what's the most embarrassing thing that they've seen me do. (laughs) (laughs) You said pet, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, uh, ooh. That's amazing. I would ask them what my wife threw out from the refrigerator. She's always cleaning out the refrigerator and throwing really good stuff away, so I would <laughs> check that out. This is a little bit copying Kayla's, but I guess what the most, thing, most embarrassing things my parents have done. Oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that be? Club crackers. <laughs> Love crackers. Chicken and waffles. <laughs> I love chicken and waffles. Fried chicken. Nice. Uh, next question. How do we know you're not a robot? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I just want to know who asked that question. Golly. We have some creative kids. I guess so. 
Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Moving on. Last one, actually. Uh, do you consider a burger to be a sandwich? A burger? Yeah. Do you consider a burger to be a sandwich? Yes. Well, yes. what makes a burger a burger if we call this it a sandwich? This is deep. Lightning round, though. It must, yes or no? The question must have come from you because you're just, like, upset that I said no. Okay. If it's, yes. if it's a meat patty... Yes, but if it's one of those veggie patties, we'll call that a sandwich. It's not a burger. Okay, interesting. It's two pieces of bread and meat in the That's middle. That's what I'm saying. Come on. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's not hard. I just feel like, no, yeah. I feel like we need to keep it separate yeah. for peace. Yeah. Carson, your thoughts? There's some overlap. I say a burger is a sandwich. Okay. Very good. Maybe. Uh, one of the questions that I didn't put on my list was, have you ever eaten anything off the ground? Which, surely, I mean, really? Today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like anytime earlier with all the the candy that got spilled after landon handed it out it looked like hungry hungry hippos up in the front just scooping yeah. up all these skittles off the ground yeah. um <laughs> but but would you give it up for our panel tonight it was awesome very insightful um before we before we dismiss we wanted to just take some time to pray over uh over our students over our student ministries, over our teachers, administrators, um, just everyone involved, whether it's volunteers, uh, the whole range. So uh, as a church, one of the things that, that we do is we pray. Uh, this is one of the ways that we serve our city. Um, and so if you would join with me as we, we pray, and I got to stand, I can't pray sitting down. Okay, so let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for the children in our house, for the students in our house. Um, there is no minimum age requirement to be involved in the kingdom of God. There is no age limit. There's no height requirement. Uh, there's no junior Holy Spirit. These students aren't the, the church of tomorrow or the future. They're the church of today. And so I pray that you would move mightily in our children, that you would move mightily in our teenagers, that they would come to know you at an early age, that they would encounter you and experience you in such a way that no one could persuade them out of the reality of your love for them. Lord, that there would be more than just a philosophy, more than just a head knowledge of, your, of the reality of the kingdom of God, but Lord, that they would know that you are with them, that you love them, that you're real. God, that, that that fire that you're fanning on the inside of them, that it would spread to their friends, to their school, that we would, this is something that we pray regularly, that we would see revival break out in our schools, that we would see the hallways of our schools flooded with the presence and the love of God. And we thank you for calling teachers and administrators to our schools to serve, to be light and to be salt. We thank you for calling these students to be light and salt. Father, we thank you for all of our, our youth pastors, our kids pastors, all of the, the teams that serve and volunteer behind the scenes, whether it's someone working with worship teams, whether it's someone changing diapers. We bless them in Jesus' name that they would not grow weary in well-doing. We pray for parents and grandparents in the room today. Father, that you would continue to, to give grace to them, that they would have a vision beyond just the whirlwind that can come with parenting, a vision beyond just the whirlwind that can come with pouring into and caring for children, that we would see a vision of our kids loving 
Jesus and walking in the, the way of the kingdom. Father, we are so blessed in this house. We thank you for this generational value that has been here and established by people that came before us. We're all building on somebody else's work. And so Father, we, we just honor all those who have labored in all the years that they've poured in over the years. And Father, we pray that you would continue to work in us, continue to shape us and transform us into your image. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen, amen, awesome.